The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rosemary Chalmers and I'm filling in for Rebecca Costa this week. We're fortunate to have a special guest on the program today in just a few minutes. Senator Kay Bailey Hutchison will be joining us fresh from her retirement. Before we speak to her, as is customary on the Costa Report, let me tell you a little about Miss Hutchinson's background. Catherine Ann Bailey was born in Galveston, Texas and grew up in Lamarck with her two brothers, Alan and Frank. She received her bachelor's degree from University of Texas at Austin and her law degree from the University of Texas School of Law. She became the first political correspondent on Texas television for KPRC-TV and at the young age of 29, Hutchison was elected to the Texas House of Representatives where she served four years. From 1976 to 1978, she was vice chairman of the National Transportation Safety Board but following this post, she elected to step away from politics for a brief period of time to pursue a career as a banking executive. Then in 1990, Hutchison returned to public life as the treasurer for the state of Texas. Then in 1993, when Lloyd Benson resigned as senator, accepting the position of secretary of the treasury under the Clinton administration, Hutchison threw in her hat in the ring to replace Benson. She became the first woman to represent Texas in the United States Senate. Hutchison has been one of the top five ranking Republicans in the Senate, serving on the Appropriations Committee, Veterans Affairs, Science and Transportation, Defense and Water and Energy Committees. And she's been named one of the top 30 most powerful women in America. It's my honor to welcome to the Costa Report a leader who has consistently put logic and reason ahead of partisan politics, Ms. Kay Bailey Hutchison. Welcome to the program, Senator Hutchison. Thank you very much, Rosemary. I'm not, glad to be talking to you. Not at all. First, let me congratulate on your alleged retirement. How's that going so far? Uh, well, alleged is the proper uh, way to describe it because um, it's very interesting, This the transitional times of life, and I am really excited about the future. I like the things that are coming my way, and I'm very uh, much looking forward to the private sector. It's different from politics, uh, about 180 degrees different, but um, I like it. It's dynamic. It's really um, 
it's what builds America. It's what creates jobs. And so I'm excited about it. Certainly. Well, it's interesting. Of course, a lot of people equate retirement with sitting on the back porch and iced tea every day and perhaps reading a book. But it doesn't take long for people who are used to working to discover new things. They're just as enthusiastic about. What about you? I understand you're working on your third book. And there's also speculation there may be a run for governor of Texas or the GOP nomination for president four years from now. Oh, my goodness. That uh, is not my friend who is starting that rumor. <laughs> I am uh, I'm not looking at a political future at all. I'm really uh, looking for the private sector. And I so far, um, I'm I know I'm going to go uh, in a part time position with a law firm. I haven't decided which one, but I'm very excited about going on the Bank of America Global Advisory Council. I think that um, that's going to be a great opportunity to really not only expand my horizons, but to use the great travel opportunities I had as a United States senator um, to, I hope, uh, spread the the trade and just overall cooperation with other countries and doing business together. And I'm very excited about that. That was just announced today in Davos uh, by Brian Moynihan. And so I'm looking forward to that. And I do have a book coming out in April on, um, well, I've written two books that have talked about women's important role in the history of America, where I have profiled the women who have broken barriers in different fields, like science, uh, the first woman to win the Nobel Prize in science and medicine, the first woman doctor, athletics, the women who excelled early on, like Babe Dixon Zaharias and um, aviation, Amelia Earhart, and have really enjoyed finding the struggles and the overcoming of obstacles that all of these women have exhibited. And I have my third book coming out in April um, and very excited about it. That's that's fabulous, and I think it's terrific that you are highlighting the roles of women, of, of brave, strong women, and I would qualify you as that as well. Now, let me just ask you this. If you were pressed, and if you didn't see anyone come forward could that could lead your party to success as one of those brave women, I'm assuming that you would consider a nomination. Am I right? You know, I... Honestly, Rosemary, I am not thinking about politics at all right now. I really am trying to go in a different direction. And I, I think that um, our presidential politics is pretty, um, I liken it to a destruction derby almost. <laughs> you know, you just have these bumper cars and you're just uh, kind of bandied around. And I'm not looking for that right now. I do have very firm views about what I think the Republican Party should be doing because I think we are the party of fiscal responsibility and that's what we need right now to get our country back on track, uh, create jobs and keep our vibrant economy. And so I have firm views, but I'm going to try to give those views from the outside rather than the inside. I think it'll be an exciting time for all of us when a woman does become president of the United States. Would you agree with that? I would.
I certainly would. What do you think a woman's voice would add to what has always been a man's voice? Well, I think that it's so important, and I've found this in both the state legislature where I served and in in the Senate, of course, for 20 years. Um, When you have the experience of all the people of our country, then you you know what needs to be addressed and you know some of the concerns that uh, are important. And not only do I think women are wonderful in these political positions, but I think the perspective they bring is different and very important. And, for example, um, when I came to the Senate, I had had the experience as a single woman opening an IRA and then getting married and not being able to continue to to contribute for my retirement security in the same amount as when I had been a working woman. And I said, now, wait a minute. The women who work at home need retirement security. Why shouldn't they have equal ability to save for retirement with the tax benefits that an IRA gives? It wasn't that the men hadn't hadn't were were against it it was that they'd never thought of this because they'd never had the experience so we changed the law and we now have a homemaker ira and that now allows all the women in our country to be able to save equally but it was important that someone with that experience come forward and say this needs to be fixed. Yes, most certainly. Well, of course, we've had the patriarchal society as far as politics is concerned for many years um, here in the United States. And it's wonderful at the inauguration to see so many women on the steps of the Capitol. That was very heartening uh, for me as a woman to just see that representation across the board and across the country. When uh, We're going to take a commercial break now. When we come back, we're going to talk about gridlock in Washington and why you are one of the few Republicans who are known and respected, which I think is so important, for crossing party lines in order to keep the country moving forward. You're listening to The Costa Report. Just about everyone knows that fruits and vegetables are good for our health, but not everyone knows how to build a healthier plate. Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, a cookbook author and culinary expert. For each meal, nutrition experts recommend filling half of your plate with fruits and veggies. Whether it's fresh berries with your breakfast cereal, a wrap filled with your favorite roasted vegetables for lunch, or a medley of crunchy veggies for a pre-dinner nibble, Dole provides the freshest and highest quality produce available. When you load up on all the nutritional good stuff, you give your meal an instant boost of color, flavor, and texture, plus vitamins and minerals and fiber, everything your body needs to succeed. For nutritional inspiration and to learn more about Dole's fresh, whole, and cut vegetables and a full line of berries, visit Dole.com. With Dole as your partner in health, the possibilities are endless. Visit Dole.com. 
Now here's something to think about. If we're having the same problems in the United States that every other country is struggling with, then are these problems really domestic issues? At what point do we wake up and say, hey, if it's happening to everyone, it means it's happening to our species. That's why I'm asking you to read the Watchman's Rattle, because when you do, you'll see that the very idea that there are domestic and international threats is a myth. All of the problems we face today, problems like unemployment, debt, climate change, terrorism, nuclear proliferation, even the spread of pandemic viruses involve other nations. So please take a moment to pick up the Watchman's Rattle. It's a perspective you'll not find anywhere else, and it offers us solutions you won't find anywhere else. Get the Watchman's Rattle. Do it now. You'll be glad you did. Attention business owners, are you looking for a way to boost your business in 2013? The Aptos and Capitola Soquel Chambers of Commerce announced the 2013 Business Showcase, making business personal on Thursday, February 21st at the Capitola Mall. That's right, the Business Showcase will be back on the 21st of February, 2013, creating an opportunity like no other. Register now for the biggest and best business event of the year. All businesses are welcome to be part of this exciting networking opportunity where your business will be showcased to over 4,000 people who need your services. Presented by Valley Yellow Pages, Santa Cruz Sentinel, and KSCO and KOMY. Call the Aptos or Capitola Soquel Chambers of Commerce for registration information at 688-1467 or 475-6522. That's 688-1467 or 475-6522. Hurry before it's too late. Welcome to Automated Computer Services, America's most drawn-out tech support line. One moment, please. For a full listing of our personnel, press 1. Please enter the person's full name, starting with their last, followed by their bank account number and their birth date. I'm sorry, there is nobody here by that name. For a full listing of our staff, press 1. To speak with a customer service representative, press 2. Thank you. Your current wait time is 4 hours and 37 minutes. Please enjoy the music. Tired of unfriendly computer support, slow computer, viruses, spyware? No problem. Call the friendly computer experts at User-Friendly Computing. We take care of all your PC, Macintosh, and laptop needs. Mention KSCO and get a free $50 diagnostic. Visit us today at 505 River Street on the way to downtown Santa Cruz, across from Gateway Plaza. We give you a choice. Drop your computer by the shop, or we'll come to you. Call us today at 423-9653. <laughs> I'm Rosemary Thomas filling in for Rebecca Costa today and our guest is former senator from Texas, Ms. Kay Bailey Hutchinson. Before the break, we were making the point that retirement doesn't really seem to be in your cards with taking on an assignment with a legal firm. You've got plans to um, increase trade and, and to travel abroad. Now let's move on to the fact that whether we're conservative or we're liberal leaning, there's one thing I think we can all agree on, Senator, the last four years have been a a lesson in government gridlock both parties digging in deep you're very widely known for crossing party lines on some pretty difficult issues i was hoping you could speak to maybe one or two of those issues today and why you felt it's important to reach a compromise and to keep moving forward well i definitely do i think that it is um important that we 
always stick with our principles. But that doesn't mean that you stop the government from running and you do the best you can. And particularly uh, right now with Republicans only controlling one house of Congress and having the Democrats control both um, the presidency and the Senate, um, I think to expect Republicans to get everything they want is unrealistic. Uh, so you do the best you can and you you say, look, I don't like this bill in this respect, but the alternative is worse and doing nothing is worse and I'm going to do the best I can with what I have and maybe in the next election things will change. And without meaning to sound sexist on this, Senator, do you think that women are better at compromise than men or not? Hmm. Well, that's a very good question, <laughs> and I go back and forth. Uh, <laughs> As do I at home. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, women are so used to uh, dividing the chocolate cupcake uh, in half and making sure that each child has an equal share and so we do tend to see the way forward to um, making things happen when you're uh, in an untenable situation and I think that does come through in uh, politics very often I have worked so well with my Democratic colleagues in the committees where we have to produce an appropriations bill or uh, I've worked, uh, for instance, I mentioned the homemaker IRA, Barbara Mikulski, the Democrat from Maryland, was my co-sponsor and we did that together and we couldn't have done it separately. Uh, Diane Feinstein and I have worked on the breast cancer stamp, which has raised millions of dollars voluntarily for breast cancer research. Um, and those are the kinds of things that you can do if you just look for a way to do good things with the people who have been elected by their constituents. So, yes, I think so. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, there's no reason that men can't do that. It's just maybe our nature is to find solutions. Just how difficult then is it for one of the highest ranking senators to part with your party's stated agenda and what are the consequences of doing so? Because if there weren't any consequences, I'd have to suspect that more leaders would do so, do so instead of always voting along party lines issue after issue. Well, that's very insightful uh, because there is a price to pay when you go against the party line um, Sometimes you are going to make your constituents upset, which means you might get a primary opponent. Sometimes you are going to make your party leaders upset uh, because that means that um, they're, what they were trying to do isn't going to work, and that then can cause you to lose a committee assignment, for instance, and um, the leaders can use that as leverage. So there's no question that there are there's a price to pay, um, but I think you just have to use judgment, and you have to know what is important enough to fight to the death and what 
is something where you can compromise. It's like a marriage. You you have to pick your fights, and if you if everything's a fight, then you're going to get divorced. Uh, so you have to say, okay, would I rather be divorced or would I rather um, win some and lose some, which is what marriage, as you know, is all about. Yep, absolutely. Well said. I can. I um. I know that you have four children, and I can just see you as the peacemaker in in your home, Senator. So, if we look ahead at the next four years, and I know that you were an earlier supporter of Governor Romney, you've also been pretty vocal about some of the Obama administration's spending policies in his first term. What, in your view, can the president do to tame some of this divisiveness in Washington? Well, I think the president could reach out. To Congress and really get to know what the priorities of Republicans are as well as Democrats. And, um, you know, even Democrats in Congress don't necessarily agree with the president sometimes. And some of the positions that he might decide to take would put some Democrats in a tough uh, situation. So I think that any president who is going to succeed is going to get to know the leaders in Congress of both parties and understand more what their goals are so that you can then see where you actually uh, do have overlapping goals where there's a way forward. And I think the president um, so far has been a little standoffish from Congress, and I think it's time now that he's uh, had his last election and he's won, uh, now's the time when he really can make inroads if he decides to go that route. And and the fact that he's a lame duck, as they would say, is that that's not that is going to be in his favor or not going to be in his favor as far as Congress is concerned. Well, I think that a president who is in his second term. Um, might be considered a lame duck, but he does have the bully pulpit with the public opinion. And I think that um, Congress is going to deal respectfully with the president, regardless of whether it's the eighth year of his term or the fifth year. And I think that he will command the respect if he also is willing to sit down and give members of Congress the ability to get to know where he's trying to go, let him know where they're trying to go, and see if there is an overlap. Because the president has said, for instance, that he knows Social Security needs to be fixed. And there are many proposals in Congress, both Democrats and Republicans, that can fix Social Security, I think, pretty simply uh, by just increasing very gradually, just three months per year, the age of retirement. Because demographics have changed since the Social Security laws were first passed. And it just needs to come into an actuarially sound system. But um, I just think it's very important 
that he and Congress work together and solve that issue because it will have an effect on the debt and the deficit and it will save the system for 75 years. He was close to doing that, but then he's backed off now. Okay, we have to take another break. When we come back, we'll be talking about the fiscal fiscal cliff and foreign policy. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Costa Report. We all know that the wrong time to start planning is when we're under fire and there is no time to plan. But it's also true that most of us are not prepared for when we, or a family member, suddenly needs expensive nursing home care. Take your estate, for example. Whether it's small or large, how sure are you that your will is legal? Are your children poised to avoid costly probate and reap the benefits of what you want them to have? Or will they be left, like seven out of 10 families are each year, with piles of paper and no idea what your intentions were? My name is John Lawton, and I have been helping families through their most difficult transitions in life for over three decades. Beginning in January, I'll be answering your questions about estate planning and elder care in a new segment on the Costa Report called Family Matters. We'll talk about everything from your care, your children, your pets, and your peace of mind. So join me every Friday, starting in January, right here on your favorite weekly news program, The Costa Report. I heard something interesting this week, that homosexuality or gayness can be prevented but not reversed. The source of this statement is Dr. Joel Wallach, who is in town for our big Super Health Sunday coming up this weekend. Well, always interested in great fodder for radio shows as I am, it was a no-brainer to set this topic for discussion on the next Saturday special. Here, Doc Wallach pronounced how gayness can be prevented, and on a totally different subject, how I have been screwed big time by the healthcare system this Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, right here on Why Bother to Expose or Question the System? Well, because it's the right thing to do, radio, AM 1080-KSCO. The KSCO Saturday Special, every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, and 10 p.m. to 12 midnight on KSCO. When you want straight talk, great service, and the best deals, you will always find them at North Bay Ford in Santa Cruz. Hello, I'm Jeff Winterholder. North Bay Ford is a locally owned dealership with low overhead, friendly, small town values, and the best deals on new and pre-owned cars, trucks, and RVs. Get this, Jeff's deal of the week at North Bay Ford. Wow, you will have fun. Lots of fun while saving money with the new fuel-efficient 252 horsepower 2013 Ford Focus ST. Yes, 252 horsepower from a 2-liter Ford EcoBoost engine will give you lots of fun. And you'll get 23 miles per gallon city and 32 highway. You simply must drive the new Ford Focus ST to believe how much fun you can have saving money on gas. So get on down to North Bay Ford and say, Jeff, put me in a Focus ST. Come standard with variable cam timing, six-speed select shift transmission, and starts at only $24,495 at North Bay Ford. We need a quality pre-owned economy car for your college student, a new family car for your Sunday drives, or a fleet of powerful new trucks for your berry ranches. Look first to your friends and neighbors at locally owned North Bay Ford. 1999 SoCal Avenue, Santa Cruz, or on the web at North Bay Ford. When heart attack strikes, every second counts. Dominican Hospital's heart attack response times are faster than any other hospital in the entire Bay Area region. In fact, we're accredited as a chest pain center for assessing, diagnosing, and treating patients quickly. At Dominican Hospital, our patients are also our neighbors. And we make sure that cardiac care in Santa Cruz is the best care anywhere. We know your heart is happiest at home. To learn more, visit DominicanFacts.com. 
sentinelradio.com. Tune in to the Sentinel Radio program Saturday morning at 8 a.m. right here on AM 1080 KSCO. Brought to you by First Church of Christ Scientist Monterey. Come into our Christian Science Community Reading Room and Bookstore and find comfort from the challenges you're facing. We have the resources that will connect you with your God-given substance. Find help now. Our address is 780 Abrego Street in Monterey. Reach out for this help today. Come in and visit or call 831-372-5076. 372-5076. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rosemary Chalmers and I'm sitting in for Rebecca Costa while she's traveling on the East Coast. Our guest on the program today is one of the nation's foremost leaders and visionaries and one of the 30 most powerful women in America, Ms. Kay Bailey Hutchison. Before the break, we were talking about divisiveness in Washington, what the president needs to do to work with Congress. And once again, it ends up sounding like a relationship to me, Senator. So it looks as if we've temporarily prevented the country from dying. Uh, diving off the fiscal cliff but many economists feel that we've just kicked the can down the road and all we've done is institute a stopgap measure and we'll have to pay for that a little further down the road. As a former treasurer and someone who's overseen appropriations and commerce, what's your feeling about the solution put in place? Well, I think there was much good in the fiscal fiscal cliff agreement on the um, tax side. Republicans don't believe we should be taxing anyone more in this kind of environment because the people you're taxing are the people who will create jobs. They're the people who will invest and that's what we need to jumpstart this economy. But I think that uh, frankly Senator McConnell uh, negotiating with Senator with Vice President Biden uh, did come up with a very uh, satisfactory solution considering that we only had one of the branches of government of the three that were involved. And so I think that um, it was good in that it made permanent the Bush tax cuts in most areas and certainly in the uh, area of taxing Uh, dividends and capital gains. Uh, There was a slight increase for the higher income people, but it stayed at 15%, which I think is essential for investment uh, by the uh, middle income people. And certainly, I think that um, the death tax uh, exemption stayed the same and was made permanent. That's very helpful to farmers and ranchers and small business people that own equipment that is not valued at what it can produce and therefore would cause great uh, tax consequences that also make the loss of jobs when the person who owns the farm or business dies. So I think there were some good things that um, came out of that. The bad part is that nothing was done on reducing spending. And that's the problem that we have in Washington. It is that there is there's been no ability to target spending in a way that is rational, where you set your priorities and you don't fund everything, but you fund the important things. And the uh, avoidance of spending cuts, I think, is kicking the can down the road. I think the people who criticize that are right, and that's why 
I think we've got to focus on that now. Uh, rather than continuing to raise the debt limit, we have got to cut spending or we are going to go into a deep recession. And every economist agrees with that. Well, right now, at least Wall Street seems to be reacting positively to the solution. Would you agree with that? Yes, uh, the market is hitting new highs, and uh, and that's a good thing. But what I want to see is, are we creating jobs? And the stock market goes up because there are more efficiencies in the system, and we want that investment, and it it will be good for the economy. But if we don't create jobs and have uh, an environment in which there can be new products made and new ideas that will create new opportunities for manufacturing and technology sales, then um, we're not going to go to the fundamental problem, and that is our unemployment is still way, way out of whack. Sure. So in your view, then, what does the president do need to do to create more jobs and not obviously just the kind of job that ensures that we remain, that we remain competitive? Well, first of all, I think we have to stop talking about increasing taxes on the job creators. Secondly, I think we need to uh, revise the regulatory environment and not just um, really stifle small business growth with overregulation. And that has really, uh, I think, in the last four years been a real factor in the lack of creation of jobs. Uh, you know, uh, I thought David Brooks did a wonderful job in the New York Times a week ago, and he said, uh, we should celebrate so much about America. And President Obama did talk about uh, Selma and civil rights and the individual rights, and that's good. But where was the celebration of entrepreneurship? and small business, and the creativity that has really been the backbone of making America the economic engine of the world. And that's what I think is missing, and I I would hope that the president would start um, celebrating entrepreneurship as well as the other uh, human rights that certainly are worthy of uh, celebration as well. Certainly. And and speaking of jobs and remaining globally competitive, I wanted to ask you about the recent string of attacks on Americans abroad. Obviously, we had the tragedy at Benghazi and we now have the hostage taking and murder in Algeria. In your view, are these sudden unanticipated attacks indicative of greater instability and danger abroad? Oh, I think we certainly have instability abroad. There's no question um, that uh, the Middle East in particular uh, has uh, been a cauldron. And the Arab Spring has had uh, some good factors. But when you see the, um, the, what happens when you you uh, have the uprising and then you don't have the underpinnings that can hold the democracy and the freedom that these people have fought and even died for, um, that it's very uh, troubling and and very destabilizing. So I think we are not in a a safe world at all. And I think that... um, we, we need to continue to try to be a force for 
not only democracy, but the underpinnings of democracy, mm-hmm. the constitutions that protect individual rights, that have a rule of law so that you do uh, attract investment because a, a company is not going to invest in a country that doesn't have the rule of law. And these are, are the things that must follow quickly to be able to see then a stability occur in a country. And I think uh, that we're in a, a, a position where stability is going to take a long time. Well, that, and that comes back to, to fiscal stability as well as the stability within the administration as well. Um, what is it about you that makes them characterize you, and that was in the National Journal, as an ultra-conservative, but when it comes to America's relationship with other countries, and how does the president, and what does he need to do to get us back on track briefly? Hmm. Well, I think that we need to... Uh, of course, be the beacon of freedom for the world so that people will see that our country works and that we settle our differences with civility. You see that every four years in the inauguration, the transfer of power peacefully. And and I think that is very important. I think we should be very um, specific when we give foreign aid uh, that there are certain standards for foreign aid uh, that would be human rights, that there would be uh, a, a stable uh, government that would be able to uh, build something strong for the people of the country. And I don't think we should be throwing money at uh, countries where there's no hope for us to um, have an effect of stability and human rights for the people of that country. And third, I think we should, uh, I'm, I'm of the John Quincy Adams view of when we should uh, go into conflicts in another country. Uh, we shouldn't be searching for um, ways to intervene. I think we should not intervene okay. every time there is a problem in a foreign country. Okay, thank you. We have to take our last break. We'll be right back after we hear a few important messages. You asked and we listened. The new and improved paperback edition of The Watchman's Rattle is now available in bookstores everywhere, including airports across the country. If you've been hemming and hawing about not having time to go online or pick up a copy, well, now you don't have any excuses. Find out why government gridlock, terrorism, epidemic obesity, crime on Wall Street, even problems with education and health care have an evolutionary basis to them. Because when you do, you'll never look at our problems the same way. So pick up the freshly printed paperback edition of The Watchman's Rattle. Don't wait. Do it now. Give yourself a real reason to feel optimistic. That's The Watchman's Rattle, available everywhere you are. Hi, I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli, owner of Caraccioli Cellars. I have to say that every time that I've been by, it has been packed with people. It's more of a social environment. Yeah, it's really kind of a meeting place as well in Carmel. A lot of people come and taste a flight of wines before they go to dinner. 
We have a big screen TV in there. We feed all the games that are local and important, and it definitely becomes a meeting place for people. So you must get a lot of first dates there, maybe? You know, we get a lot of first dates, second dates. A lot of times it's couples that do come in, and we see them again after the first time. I can imagine, and I would suggest that if anyone's thinking about a first date, that might be a really nice place to kick it off. One more time now, where is the tasting room located and what are your hours? We're located right in the heart of Carmel-by-the-Sea, right on Dolores between Ocean and 7th. We're open daily from 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. And on Fridays and Saturdays, we actually open up at 11 and stay open till 10 p.m. You already know that Showcase Shower Door is the place to go when you need a custom frameless shower enclosure designed, manufactured, and installed. Hi, I'm Chris Phillips, owner of Showcase Shower Door, and I have more real good news. Showcase Shower Door is also your best source for manufactured shower enclosures. You know, the pre-made shower doors that are designed for the do-it-yourselfer. This means that you can now get the best of both shower door worlds. You can see the displays of ready-made shower doors, and you can get the professional advice of the Showcase Shower Door experts. But don't take my word for it. Visit our new Showcase Shower Door showroom at 1970 17th Avenue in Santa Cruz. Take a look around, talk to our friendly associates, or ask for me, Chris Phillips. We'll be happy to answer your questions and help you make the decisions that will result in your having the most awesome bathroom possible. Forget that fumbly, bumbly advice you get at the big box store. Visit or call Showcase Shower Door today or visit us online at ShowcaseShowerDoor.com. A proud member of Think Local First. Hi, Dale here from Jungle Plant. Today I'm answering the most frequent question I receive. What is jungle plant. We're a full-service interior plant company providing sales, service, and rental of plants. And we're here for you with free consultations. So give us a call at 462-5806 or visit us at jungleplant.com and Facebook and Yelp and Manta and Merchant Circle and LinkedIn and Twitter and Google and Yahoo Local. Hello, this is Donald Davidson, the host of the Perspectives Radio Show on Saturday at 12 noon. We have a variety of programs from constitutional rights and issues to controversial alternative health views. We interview well-known authors from many walks of life, attorneys from many fields, and internationally known health doctors. So to hear a different perspective, join me, Donald Davidson, special guests and regular guest hosts every Saturday at 12 noon for the Perspectives Radio Show right here on KSCO. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rosemary Chalmers sitting in for Rebecca Costa. And our guest today is Ms. Kay Bailey Hutchison. Before we took our break, we were talking about job creation. We were talking about funding to foreign countries. And we were talking about instability and the danger overseas. Uh, to continue talking about security issues abroad and here at home, a few weeks ago, Rebecca interviewed Peter Bergen on this program. And he felt that instituting some form of gun control was a matter of national security, a matter of national security not a personal safety issue. Um, since, Senator, you come from a state which has one of the highest gun ownerships in the country, I'm wondering how you feel about any restriction on assault weapons. Well, I think assault weapons is a very different um, issue from other firearms. Um, I do believe in the Second Amendment, uh, the right to keep and bear arms for your personal protection of your home and uh, i i think though that um assault weapons are, are a different matter and they're 
have been bans on assault weapons in the past. And I think there is um, a whole dialogue that is necessary for assault weapons, uh, other, uh, you know, how big a magazine needs to be for uh, a hunter or a person to be able to defend themselves against a criminal that would have probably um, illegal guns. And I also think, though, that to focus just on that is a mistake because it is the culture uh, many times, uh, the mental health uh, instability of, of people who are able to buy guns, mm-hmm. um, and the the violence that we that our young people see in movies and uh, video games and that sort of thing that can desensitize a, a, a young person that is pretty vulnerable. So I think the it's really a cultural discussion that has to be put together rather than just um, addressing the issue of how much do you need to defend yourself and to be able to hunt. Um, and let's look at some of the other factors in a, in a whole um, view that would affect really the culture of America as opposed to just one facet of the Second Amendment. Sure. There's no question we have seen more incidents. We've had the theater shooting in Aurora and, of course, more recently, the tragedy in Newtown. In your view, is this the price of living in a free country or is there something we can do to prevent more incidents like this? Well, I think that it, it, you cannot take away the arms in our country. I think the Second Amendment is as important as the First Amendment and the uh, issues of our our constitutional amendments and our rights uh, are a much so much a part of what we are in America. I also believe that we've got to um, have a discussion about the kind of culture that we have and um i i I am concerned when i see just raw violence um so prevalent in our uh, our movies you know the two that you mentioned both have uh, shown that the perpetrators were people who were overusing they clearly were mentally unstable but they were overusing these violent videos coupled with mental instability and Mm -hmm. that is a um, deadly uh, combination so i do think we have to look at it i think we have to come to grips with is our society too unstable or all of the um the avenues of communication is it just too complicated and too violent and how do we step back and say wait a minute are we losing the uh thoughtfulness and the resourcefulness and the values that uh are so important to who we are uh, and i think all of that should be discussed. I think we should be very hesitant to trample on rights, but I think we need to say, is this the kind of country we want to be? And what kind of country do we want to be?
Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, Senator, I know that one of the reasons that you retired from your position was to spend more time with your own family and to write. So before we run out of time here on the program today, can you give us a, a look at what you're working on? Yes, my book coming out is titled Unflinching Courage. And it focuses on the women who who overcame such struggles and obstacles in settling Texas um, in the 19th century, the, from about 1820 to about 1900. Um, it was a wild state that is, um, you know, it's a state that's bigger in size than California, and it was vast, harsh land. And it was settled by... Uh, men who were willing to come for the freedom and women who had grown up mostly with uh, uh, gentility, with education, with uh, amenities and the quality of life, and they came to nothing and they lived in log cabins and even mud huts uh, as they were building this wonderful it became a an, a republic, uh, and then became a state later. And the perseverance and the spirit that they imbued on Texas is still the spirit of Texas today. It's the spirit of perseverance, overcoming obstacles, but with a gaiety, with a positive uh, view of life. They made their own entertainment and. Uh, one of the writers wrote that women would ride for miles on horseback with their silk dresses in their saddlebags uh, to go to a ball and um, have a good time and dance the night away. And, you know, you, <laughs> you put this together and it really speaks for um, what America was like in those days and how that spirit has stayed with America, that spirit of entrepreneurship and liveliness and fun um, and seeing obstacles that can be overcome as opposed to obstacles that would block you from having a life and doing better for your children than you started with. And uh, it's called unflinching courage uh, because these women were just as resilient as the men in fighting the Indians and conquering the harsh land and doing it with a sense of gaiety. Well, I've been to Texas a number of times, probably half a dozen times, and I've enjoyed every single visit, and I've very much seen that in my time in the state. For folks who'd like to keep up on what you're doing, do you have a website and are you on social media? Yes, I am. Uh, I tweet and I do have a website and um, I have a, the whole, I have, you know, all of it and I would love for people to follow me and um, I'm in Washington right now and I spent uh, lunch with Ann and Mitt Romney and a group of their supporters and um love to talk about the things that I'm doing and my uh, Bank of America um, Advisory Council is going to be so much fun and I'm going to be traveling the world so I'm really excited about it and I would love for people to friend me and hopefully we can um, keep on trucking. And so it's kbaileyhutchison.com? Um, it is, gosh, it's 
I'm sure it is. I'm sure it would be. It's KB Hutch Office um, at gmail.com is what it is. All right. Well, I do appreciate it. That is all the time we have today. But before we say goodbye, I would like to thank you for your many years of service to the nation and thank you for your time, Senator Hutchison. I enjoyed it, Rosemary. You're doing a great job uh, working in Rebecca's place. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time today. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, folks, there we go. If your station is going to be leaving us after the first hour, I want to thank you for joining me. Rebecca will be back next week when her guest is General Russell Honoré. You may remember he was the commander of the Joint Task Force for Katrina. He's largely credited with restoring law and order after the hurricane and getting the cleanup and relief efforts organized and underway. He's going to be here to speak about America's readiness for similar disasters, as well as the recent charges levied against former New Orleans Mayor Ray Nagin that he accepted payoffs and favors from contractors as the city was struggling to recover. Don't miss an exclusive interview with General Russell Honoré next week, same time, same station, right here on your favorite weekly news program. Hi, I'm Judy Profeta, owner, broker, and active real estate agent of Alon Pinnell Realtors, a locally owned real estate company. We've operated on the peninsula for over 16 years, currently located on the corner of Ocean and Dolores and Unipero between 5th and 6th in downtown Carmel. We serve the Monterey Peninsula, focusing on Carmel, Pebble Beach, and the Carmel Valley. Our firm of about 50 agents represents everything from Carmel Cottages to Pebble Beach Estates and oceanfront properties to Valley Vineyards. We are actually known for our vast inventory of fine properties. Drop by and see us, or better yet, visit our website at apr-carmel.com. That's apr-carmel.com. Or you can give us a call at 831 621-1040 and make sure you tell them Judy sent me. Have a tea, we're going to do 25 now, 50 now, 75, we're going to 300, 325, 353, 75, we're going to 400, 425, 450. Imagine finding an old painting or chair or fishing lure while rummaging through the attic. Is it junk or is it hidden treasure? Hello, I'm Rob Slowinski of Slowinski Auctions and Appraisers in Scotts Valley. Before you throw that item out, you better make certain it's not hidden treasure. And the way to do that is to join me at 2 p.m. Saturday afternoon here at KSEO for Hidden Treasures Radio Show. Put that item on the table in front of you and call the show. We'll figure out what that item is, where it came from, what it's worth, give or take. So don't throw that item out. Instead, join me, Rob Slowinski of Slowinski Auction Company, Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m. for Hidden Treasures Radio Show. Is it junk or is it hidden treasure? From San Jose to Salinas, Red Hot News Talk, AM 1080, KSCO Santa Cruz. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. 
visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.